Hello, everyone, and welcome to Big Pesci Island Vibes. I am your host, as always, Michael Hopkins, and I am joined by my co-host, Dylan Beckwith. Hello. And we have a special guest today on the podcast. He is the host of the Nice Pilled podcast, and his name is Edward O'Dell. Welcome. Hey. Oh, thank you. Hey, everybody. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Hi. Howdy. Hello. It's like a proper Uh, podcast. We have a guest. (laughs) Well, hey, thanks for inviting me on. My pleasure. So, Edward, you are the host of the Nice Pilled podcast. What? uh, what, uh, Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, tell me a little bit. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, you know, I've been. I was thinking about this earlier today about like I I was. I figured I was going to get this question about like what's the uh, you know the uh, origin. The quick version is, um, for I became mutual friends on Twitter with um, Haitian divorce. Uh, silly dad, whatever he goes by. And he got me into his Discord community and his group chat, the Rift chat, that I think you were in for a while. Are, are you still in there? Are you still in Rift chat? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. I, I've departed. This okay. is well, too I'm, much for me. Yeah, I, I've, I've been in there and I've never left. <laughs> so anyway, and that's how I got to be friends with Ryan. And then I saw in Ryan's um, bio that he had the term nice pill. And it just like sort of clicked in my brain. I'm like, nice pill you know and uh i talk podcast but i i sort of became i guess radicalized isn't the right word but just sort of intrigued by the idea of maintaining your personality but also disengaging from all the bullshit and trying to find ways to you know be nice or at least not be mean uh, and that and it sort of turned into an evolving discussion where we depending on who i talk to or what i intersect with we kind of talk about you know, how are we doing with the nice pill? How are we, you know, uh, where are we going on this spectrum? Or do we feel good? Do we feel bad? And, you know, you know, navigating this landscape of social media, it seems to be, because it felt like at the beginning that like uh, the podcast was turning into sort of like an inside the poster studio where I just sat down with other posters and we sort of like, you know, did notes on each other's uh, jokes and stuff like that. But it kind of turned into this little mental health thing that we're doing now. And I, I don't know where it's going, but we're just kind of going with the flow. And it was just something that I started strictly as a sort of a, you know, a side project as a lark. I wasn't necessarily uh, out to become a podcaster or anything like that. I mean, I had been on a another podcast uh, before this um, where it was like a, and it was, it was called So Pretentious. And we did like a, re, we did a lot of different topics, including like we did a Mandalorian recap thing, but. Anyway, so that's that's the capsule version. Okay, that's good. I, I like the pod. It's I think it's quite entertaining. Um, Dylan, would you consider yourself to be nice build? I don't know. I think you're a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. Well, I would be interested to hear from both of you. Like, what do you think nice pill means? Like, what's your definition? I've talked a lot about what my definition is and what other people's definitions, but I'm always curious what other people's definitions are. <clears throat> Just be a sweetie, you know, there's, okay. there's enough, there's enough negativity on the internet. You don't need to, you don't need to contribute to that. Okay. There's plenty of place. other people uh, contributing negativity. So, it's nice to just put a little uh, put a little sweetness out there. Right. 
Um, you know, the, uh, I, I think there's, well, I'm sorry, uh, Dylan, let, I'd like to hear yours. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like just trying to take care and, um, sort of, uh, would like rather, ra- I would rather interface with this place in a way that is not filled with as it's uh, as the least harm as possible. Um, that's contains whatever level of, I guess, moral standard I have. But you still want to be yourself, right? In other words, exactly. Like, right. In other words, like, uh, you know, you should be able to be nice pilled and not feel like we're all have to be in church and on our best behavior all the time that you should be, you still get to be yourself. And for some people that is nice church, you know, and that's like, all right. Yeah. But you know, what, what's interesting about that is that I think that speaking as somebody who has been, you know, in and out of church communities and in, in various periods of my life, is is that there are a lot of church people I know who aren't very nice pilled. Of course. And there's a lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of nice pilled people that aren't very nice either. Yeah. But I know a lot of those church people are taking some nice pills. Yeah, yeah. I want to my <laughs> down those Prozacs or what have you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's, and it, it's just, it, it's, I think also like Twitter, I, I think that um, uh, the subject or what we talk about um, is really much, very much of the moment, you know, and I think that it's so, um, you know, your life, if you're, if you're a poster, there's very little about, um, there's very, there's very little about it that's backward looking. You know, you're either in the present or in the very, you know, you're referencing something from the very recent past, and that's about it. I mean, at least that's my take. That, you know, if you're if you're looking at it, you're saying, you know, what the discourse is day to day, what we're talking about. There's some collective memory going on, which is sort of in the shared communities of Twitter about like if you're among or across a group or several groups of posters, you guys know what I'm talking about? Or do you have no sense of this at all? Does it sound like insanity? <clears throat> no, I are know you what you're talking about. Are you referencing the ugliness on the internet? I'm just, I'm referencing sort of the general, I think sort of like, you know, overlapping communities of posters on Twitter. That's what I'm referencing. Over yeah. Overlapping. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't really have a Twitter account. Actually, yeah, so you don't really have a frame of reference for this. Oh, yeah, I'm just kind of like, I'm coming out of left field. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, yeah, it's just, I I always found it to be atrocious. So I try to stay away. There's a lot of bad shit on Twitter, but if you find a group of like minded individuals and just try to stick to uh, keeping in that circle then i think it can be a lot of fun but i definitely see why why you would think that from looking from the outside i mean yeah i mean there's like random ass porn videos i remember (laughs) for no reason i thought you i thought that would be a selling point for you no man i mean i don't i don't don't know i don't dig that too much it's all right (laughs) it's whatever but (laughs) <laughs> oh, you know, I don't know how representative Twitter it would necessarily be of like, you know, sort of any, you know, uh, you know, cross section of humanity in general. I think that there's a pretty high concentration of certain types of individuals on Twitter, narcissists, people who are like intensely and almost annoyingly politically activated, uh, people who are professional media operatives, uh, 
people who have to have a presence on Twitter, public figures, politicians, etc., what have you. Operatives, man. You know, and then there are just people who are on Twitter who are just pure posters, right? People who are just there to either dump their mind garbage, make jokes, post weird gifts. That's just that they're there for that and nothing else. And that's my tribe. <laughs> I don't know who that's your right. tribe is, but that is my tribe on Twitter. I, that's my tribe on Facebook for sure and Instagram. Yeah. So I think I'm I'm pretty nice. Yeah. Have I so, have I if I lashed out? Have I had no, any total mental breakdowns and taken it out on everyone on the internet? No, no, no. Hey, listen, man. Let me not let me interrupt you. Lashing out is an integral part of being nice pilled. If you're asking me what nice pilled means, nice pilled means that you still get to be and embrace the angry side of your personality. Yeah, You know, because we live in a cruel world. This is something we talked about in the last episode with Matt. We live in a world that grinds on all of us in different ways all the time. Economic stresses, everything, you know, Corona, all the shit that we've been going through for the last years. <laughs> so I think we all deserve permission to be pissed off. Yeah. And I think yeah, it's just sure. that it's like, you know, you be pissed off, but give each other a little grace and recognize in each other. I had an exchange literally today down in the lobby of this hotel. For like yeah. the third time in a row, I'm locked out of my room because my key stopped working. Whatever, and this poor woman behind the desk is just giving me shit. She's annoyed. She doesn't want to be there, or whatever. And it's yeah. like she's treating me like I'm like some bum off the street or whatever. It's like I've been staying in this hotel for a month, sweetheart. Nobody's, nobody's. By the way, who wants the the worthless shit in my room? Right. That you're <laughs> denying me the key to because you I don't have my ID because I just walked out of the gym and and you know and whatever. You know, I mean, like, you know, it's, it's, I'm just like, what are you protecting? But rather than like losing my shit, I just sat there and just, you know, did whatever. And it's like, but it's, it's so ridiculous. I like that you, uh, use sweetheart, like, uh, like your internal monologue is like an old private dick, you know, listen <laughs> here, sweetheart. <laughs> Nobody wants this stuff in my hotel room. See, I, well. That is because I am an extremely old, bitchy queen of a guy. I mean, like I'm, you know, I'm in my mid fifties, and I've been, I and and I've been out working on the road for like, you know, almost thirty years at this point. So I've fucking seen it all. I've done almost not all of it, but a good portion of it. I've seen all of it, uh, you know. And so there's very little that's new to me under the sun out here. So yeah, I don't. I do have that kind of eye rolling, like cynical dad vibe, unfortunately. Yeah. I, so I own that. I'm sorry. Thank you for so calling me out. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yes. So Edward, also, uh, I'm Edward. from New York also. That's the other thing. Okay. Where, where's your, uh, do you, uh, did you say where your hotel was? Well, I'm in Pittsburgh. Okay, I'm working. I'm, I'm working. I'm from Connecticut. Well, listen, I'm from New York originally. Uh, Yonkers. That's where I grew up. And then I, Right. Moved to Connecticut in the nineties. I've been living there for the last, you know, twenty something years. But I love I'm Yonkers. Out. Yeah, I, right. I feel like that that should be like something that uh Shaggy <laughs> from Scooby Doo exclaims. Like Yonkers, Scoob. Yonkers. Yonkers. Yonkers, yeah. Yonkers it's, Yonkers is the like everyone the, there bumps you on the head. <laughs> <laughs> Yonkers is like one of the largest cities in the state of New York and it's directly north of the Bronx. It's 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 huge. It's basically like the, you know, uh an unofficial additional borough of the city. Huh. And that's where I grew up. Uh you know, uh, southern Westchester County. And um 
You know, uh, I mean, it's named for what the Dutch named the Junkers, who originally settled as a J-U-N-K-E-R's. Junkers is the uh, Dutch name that it comes from. I'm I'm Junkers for Yoko Puffs. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yonkers, <laughs> Yonkers is down and dirty. We call it, you know, my like my sister and I, well, we grew up there. I mean, I, I grew up in Yonkers in the uh, in the 70s and the 80s. Mm. So, like, what, what, I, was that, what was that like? <laughs> what was it like? Well, yeah. uh, first of all, um, the Yonkers Public School District was uh, uh, forced into federal desegregation while I was in the school district. So, Whoa. all of a sudden, when I it was time for me to go to middle school from sixth grade to seventh grade, right? I was being bused 40 minutes to the other side of town uh, so that I could be in a f more racially integrated school. Because what had happened was, is that the city of Yonkers had naturally segregated itself for decades. All the white people lived in one area, all the black people and Latinos lived in another area. And that naturally segregated the school districts because you go to school in the neighborhood that you live in, right? Makes sense. But Yonkers is really big and basically a federal case was built up because of the fact that there was so much segregation and that, you know, the resources in the schools in Yonkers were unfairly allocated. You know, the white districts got better resources and had better buildings and the others didn't. And the city fought them tooth and nail every step of the way until they had no choice and they were forced by the federal government yeah. uh, to reintegrate their school districts and also their, uh, put up a housing project. I actually made a documentary about it on HBO called show me a hero, wow. with, um, which goes through the whole story as story. And it's, it's very good. And it's weird because it's weird to see something on TV that's shot on location in the neighborhood that you yeah. grew up in, <laughs> you know, from a period when you were living there right down to the cars and the fashion and everything. It's fucking creepy, yeah. creepy as fuck. Huh. That's anyway, true. anyway, so that was the weirdest thing. So I went from being like, you know, in a very pretty, you know, white working class, you know, neighborhood to suddenly being in a school district where as a white kid, I was actually in a minority. Yeah. You know, uh, most of my classmates were either black or Latino. Uh, so that was weird. So that's what that was. If you're asking what was it like to grow up in Yonkers? That was that was yeah, that's what that was. It was like, wow. You know, it was it was, you know, just a very, very strange time to be in the school district and, you know, taking a lot of buses and having a deal with all that. And, you oh. know, just um, I'm sure you learned a lot about being positive, <laughs> you know, <laughs> now I got is, that my where, ass. is that where you swallow the nice pill? Yeah, no, no, no. I guess where <laughs> I got my ass stuffed into lockers. I yeah, got, I got my That's ass. how you get it. <laughs> That's uh, you know, I got you know, I mean, I'm like you know, I'm incidents where I got like ganged up and beat up after school, uh, made Damn. fun of, you know. I mean, it was rough. It was not yeah. fun. Yeah. No, it was not. Are you kidding? But still, getting getting your ass stuffed into a locker is still better than getting a locker stuffed up your ass. Yeah, that's what I'm that sounds painful, and I don't think yeah. it'll work. And I don't yeah, know what no kind of way. lockers they have now. But in, in when I went to school, they were built into the wall, so I don't really see how that works. Yeah, you die. You die. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's talking about the Dune course. Are we? Are, are, are any Dune fans in the uh, in the uh, in the, the chat? Side? Yeah, in in the Big Pesci Island. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I haven't seen it yet. I I saw the uh, original Dune when oh, I was a wee lad, and it I thought it was bizarre and horrifying. 
Uh, well, that <laughs> you would be correct in that in that assumption. The David Lynch version of the movie is very weird, bizarre, and horrifying. Is not a is a, an accurate way to describe it. Yeah, the I, long version of it, like the director's cut, is makes more sense. Slightly, slightly, <laughs> slightly more sense. I heard that the studio fought David Lynch tooth and nail in like every decision he wanted to make, and that it was just a nightmare for everyone involved. It was it was an absolute nightmare they, they, because they had a lot of ideas uh, from the pre-production of the Jodorowsky version that they were trying to use. Lynch had his own ideas. The studio had their own ideas. They were spending too much money. Things went crazy. Uh, and then at, at the end, I think Lynch almost walked away from the project, but he didn't. And there's actually also an Alan Smithy cut of the movie. I don't know if you know what that means. Uh, but when there's an Alan Smithy cut, that means that there is a cut of the movie that basically is so bad that the director doesn't want his name associated with it. So they uh. substitute the fake name Alan Smithy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. And that is the yeah, and that is the one that it was used for broadcast TV. Oh um, no. Yeah, it was it's terrible. Very oh, bad. Wow. And and then there's also a fan cut, which is called like the Spice Miner cut, which is actually like a mixture of like the extended version and the Smithy cut, which people say is pretty good, but it's a weird movie. It always How did has it not been. bomb his career. Who was Lynch? Yeah. Because he did look at all the other shit. Because Twin Peaks, basically. Yeah, basically because of Twin Peaks. Right, exactly. <laughs> Incredible. You know, he survived. You know, and also I, I say this all the time to people and on the podcast. I find flawed works absolutely fascinating. Oh, I think yeah. actually flawed works can actually be way more interesting than something that is absolutely perfect. Like, right. And the current Dune movie actually is almost a nearly flawless movie. But the Lynch version is an intensely flawed movie in several yeah. ways that make it really interesting and weird. And that just makes it fun. And also, I think the Dune fan community is a different than others. It's not self-serious. Like, people who are... They don't like minds about it. They're like, yeah, it's a movie about worms and sand and weird sex. Yeah. You know, that's... Yeah, you we know, like that. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, that's where this funky, you know, we embrace all, that. You know, we're wormkins, dude. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Big fat guys floating around. So, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. Come on, man. You know, big, you know, greasy dudes and, you know, weird operations. Come on, let's go. Yeah. You know, oh, also, especially if you're a stoner, Dune, Dune is your movie. You know, hey, it's two and a yeah. half hours long. No that's problem. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it in an apartment <laughs> with stoners. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. You know, and did then I, I made uh, right. I did. Right, I made this joke on Twitter about like the David Lynch's casting notes for uh, like the Harkonnens, uh, the bad guys, and I'm like, well, I have his notes. What are they? And he says, it looks nice. He says, oh, it just says uh, ridiculous gingers. That's it. <laughs> you know, we're all gonna have intense. You don't ahead. know me, but I'm a ridiculous ginger. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, my <laughs> wife is well. She's not a ginger, but she's uh, you know definitely in the in that color range spectrum. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, but her sister's named Ginger, and actually, she's fairly ridiculous. Uh, Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! That's another. That's another. Well, it's it, this is not a secret, and nobody is ever going to hear this. So I'll I will tell you the story, which is will blow your fucking minds. So her sister, who is just a couple of years older than her, so we're talking about a woman in her mid-50s, right, lives in e in Western Tennessee. She's right. been a school music teacher for most of her life, has decided now that she's no longer, she's, she's divorcing her husband or has divorced her husband. She's oh decided that she's no longer a Presbyterian, but she is into Wicca. All right. 
And she met a guy who is uh, lives in Pakistan playing online poker, and they're in love, and she wants him to get a visa so that he can emigrate over here and they can live together and like oh, get married. And play poker. I don't know. And they've never met. Wow, she sounds like a handful. Wait, 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 wait. I'm not done. Okay. She has, I think, three, at least three, and maybe as many as five adopted children living with her. Oh my God, dude. Wow. So gotta get those kids. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a stable environment. Right. But some of them are actually adults who are still living at home. Some of them are, on, are still in school, underage. There's okay. also a menagerie of pets. I believe also she's lost her driver's license and she's driving on the, like, illegally. She sounds like someone I would be related to. Right. Uh, and I believe that she's either near or somewhere in the foreclosure process on her house. I don't know. Oh, boy. That, it, it seems to be up there. So, I mean, her, just, her entire life is just like a piping, steaming hot mess. Also, I'm fairly certain she's also, according to my wife, she's a hoarder. Mm. So like the house is just filled with you know stuff. yeah she's hoarding adopted kids yeah yeah, yeah, well, she's, yeah. she's hoarding everything <laughs> she's hoarding just everything stacked from, on top of each other right <laughs> just from the list from top to bottom it starts with like bad emotional interactions and it goes all the way to like you know I don't know what you know shitty phone cards I you know something like that <laughs> gas station weed you know yeah <laughs> she's gotta own yeah, a that, bus that, that Delta Eight shit right <laughs> you know I gotta. What is the, you know, there are some people who are like, I don't know about, I'm a medical user. All right. So I'm used to the strong shit. And also I've been like, you know, I mean, on and off since, you know, the eighties or whatever, but, um, I've people who talk, they've said, and I want to hear what you guys think about. They talk about it's like that the medical weed is too strong, that they need mids. They want the street gas station weed because it's like, they can't, the Amen. medical shit is too much. Amen. Yeah, so you agree I with don't that? Know. No, I say right. just smoke less. Oh, well, okay. If, if you don't want to get there. fucked up, I mean, just That's you know, true. take out take a one hitter, and take a little puff. You're good to go. I I, I have to agree with you. I think it's, but it, the problem is, is that we don't live in a necessarily a particularly temperate or moderate society. We're not known for being like you know, sort of um, careful in our uh, you know consumption of anything. Yeah. <laughs> so well, if I. If you make super strong weed available to people, they're just going to get really fucking high. Yeah, that's true. I remember buying an eighth of some mids with a buddy and I would throw down, would both throw down 15 bucks or however much right. it cost and would just smoke on it all night. And I, I just remember just having a headache. <laughs> it's like this doesn't doing anything to me. When I was living in New York in the mid 90s, we would go down to the village and we would get this. My buddy had a hookup. We would go down there and freaking get from these Rastafarians. We would go this chocolate tie and you get a big fat bag, you know, easily an eighth or more for like 25 bucks. Right. And it was this absolutely smoothest smoking. And it was already like, it wasn't ground, but it was pretty finely. You'd ever had. It was just unbelievable. And it was so potent. You would do like two, three hits and you'd just be knocked on your ass for hours. It was ridiculous. It's the formaldehyde. I don't know what the fuck. I, yeah, yeah. I, you know, That's you know, some good shit. But, you know, it was like, and, and it wasn't until I uh, like, you know, fast forward 20, 25 years later when I finally started, uh, you know, using cannabis again for uh, on my medical card that I got my access to the super strong shit. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, now I remember. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Two hits, you like. Boop, 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 you know, you're yeah. like you I forgot what it was like to have tunnel vision. Here we go. <laughs> I go. I'm just telling somebody the other night, like I acted. I well, not accidentally, but like I had like a spiked, uh, you know, a a bolt, not a bolt, but I use a vaporizer. I put a little bit of wax in there just to, uh, you know, like kick up the potency. It knocked my ass out. I was, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I fucking fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, well done. Exactly what I was shooting for, but still. Yeah, I feel like the older I get, the more weed fucks me up, too. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I just can't hang with the young youngins these days. Like, uh, when I was in Vegas, well, my brother's older than me, but I think he smokes a fair uh, uh, larger amount of weed than I do. But I did this dab. And it was this big, gnarly ball of wax, and I took a ridiculous hit. And yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah I felt I, I was like on the verge of tripping. Like I, I had, yeah. to, I quit, I quit drinking at that point, and I just like melted <laughs> into the couch. Oh my god, you like reverse crossfaded? Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. Like you started out a little bit drunk, but then you went all the way over to being so fucking high that you forgot who you were. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that's like the first few times I did dabs. I like I did that, you know, but um, I like, you know, I like variety. You know, I'm, uh, you know, and the other thing I, I make this joke all the time is that because I, you know, I, I try all this different shit and I'm always experimenting and researching strains and things like that and different types of delivery systems. It makes me feel a little bit more like a connoisseur and less like a criminal. Right. You know. Yeah, I hate feeling like a criminal because in Ohio, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Actually, I don't. I, it's so stupid, you know. I feel, you know, I mean, there. Yeah, it is absurd. Kind of, like a slightly illicit thrill from in the old days of copping, but it's like I never felt like I always felt like if you got busted for weed, that was just stupid. Like when in, in in New York when I was growing up, the cops never gave a shit about weed. The worst that they would do is take your weed and just crumble it and throw it on the ground. That's what they would have. They <laughs> cool. were never going to fucking throw you in jail or arrest you. It wasn't worth their time. It just wasn't worth it. You know, and I'm not, and this is at the height of also of like the Just Say No campaign in the 80s too, when like officially the stance of the government is all drugs are bad all the time. But in Yonkers or in New York City, they don't give a fuck. Huh. Hey guys, listen to this real quick. Yep. Honey boo boo. Honey boo boo. Honey boo boo. Honey boo boo. What does that do for you? Yeah, it felt great. Good. I think I realigned with some of my chakras. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, so check this out, Dylan. I think you'll appreciate that. Uh, Ed, Edward, can I call you Eddie? No. Okay. Can I, Edward, call, you Ed, can I call you Ed? No. Can How I call about Ned? Eduardo. No. All right. All right. Edward. Edward. <laughs> all right. Hey, Edward. Yes. Why, don't you, <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do, love? What 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 do oh, you do, love? First, God. do you do you what like do you do, love? Do you like Spaceman Three? Do I like what? Spaceman? All right, never mind. Okay, no, I have no idea. What yeah, I don't know what you're talking about either. Yeah, you lost me. What do I do? <laughs> I'm, uh... All right, well, this is you. That's the ten thousand dollar question. So, I mean, uh, all right, know. pay up. 
Yeah, you, you, you know, you, you're about to go into a world of regret. Is all I'm about to tell you. Okay, so give us, I, well, give us the long and the short, but start with the short, and then I'll cut you off. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I am a man who uh, builds and restores pipe organs for churches all over the United States. Oh, cool. My family's been, my family's been doing it for one hundred over one hundred and fifty years. The Odell's. Yeah, we started in New York and New York City in eighteen fifty nine. Well, we've built over six hundred and fifty pipe organs all over the United States. And uh, I, in addition to doing that, I also worked for a major national company in Connecticut. And that's I ran my own shop for about twenty years, and now I'm just I'm sort of a semi-retired freelancer, and I do like field engineering and installation work for them and stuff like that. So that's what I do. You know, I'm kind of, um, uh, you know, I'm like, a, basically I'm a craftsman of a, like a, a, a practitioner of a, a, of a hidden and, uh, you know, a hidden, but not dying art, but sort of hidden art. Let's put it that way. Right. It's something um, I wasn't really familiar with. Um, now, Edward, I got to ask you what everyone's thinking. Uh, you ever take one of the pipes on one of these organs and smoke a little fucking reefer out of them, out of that pipe? Eh? Yeah. Nope. All right. It's, um, uh, <laughs> I couldn't even imagine a scenario where there were, that would make sense. <laughs> Touche. Now, Edward, do you see yourself as more of a tango or a cash? Wow. Okay, good. All right, so it's uh, Tango and Cash. Was it's Kirk Douglas? Oh God, I can't remember the casting now. Of that movie. That's I'm, no, that's Tango and Cast. Oh, okay. Really? All right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Just, well, all right. I'll I'll just go straight up the dome and say that I'm probably more of a Tango. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know much about the characters, so you, um. I'm just gonna take your word for it. All right, okay, are okay. you more of a <laughs> are you more of a Butch Cassidy or a Sundance Kid? Which uh, so Butch and Sundance was uh, Redford. I'm sorry, uh, Redford and Newman. Which one was Newman? Whichever uh, one, Dylan. Was... Yeah. Um. Give me a second. I gotta remember real quick. Hmm. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, well, anyway, whatever one was Paul Newman, that's me. Okay, good. Uh, I I feel more like uh, the Sundance Kid personally. Okay. Yeah, just just uh, looking at the name at face value, I would say that you're a Sundance Kid. Thanks, bud. Yeah, bro. That's sweet. You welcome. Beckwith, is that your real last name? As in yeah. Goldie Beckwith? Okay. My, well, my real last name is Mullins. Oh, okay. Wow. But my real my real last name is Beckwith. Uh, so what's the uh what's the conceit behind Big Pesci Island vibes? If you don't mind my asking. Yeah, what the fuck is it? I didn't listen. Oh yeah, you didn't listen. Uh, we actually on our newest episode, it's uh Big Pesci Island vibes origins. And uh, my brother and I got together and discussed how we came up with the name. Um, it's, I, it's just to spare you listening to the entire episode. It was just, uh, he was over here visiting 
and we dropped some acid and went to an island on Lake Erie. And uh, I guess we just started talking about Joe Pesci's music career. Oh, and cool. that just kind of stuck. And like every now and then when we were feeling kind of weird, we'd look at each other and kind of shake our heads and be like, man, really feeling those big Pesci Island vibes right now. <laughs> <laughs> so it just kind of stuck. And I was like, man, that's got to be a band name or uh, album name or something. And then it just kind of coincided with me wanting to start a dang podcast just for the goofs. Mm. So it just made sense. Just made I get you. Sense. Yeah. Something just uh, pops into your field of vision, your locus, it grabs you and, uh, you know, just whatever it resonates. I get it. Grab me by the fucking cojones. The nuts. Grab me mm. by my big nuts. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. You don't get it. Listen to the fucking episode. You no, some bitch. No, I, I you know, I, I've learned not to get angry for or, or I, I shouldn't say angry, but I should I would say not to get disappointed in when my friends and my mutuals don't necessarily stay up with whatever I'm doing on my podcast because I realize that people need to consume it at their own pace and in their own time. And that also podcasts, unlike Twitter, are not about the present moment. You know, you can uh, intersect or uh, you know, appreciate a podcast entirely in your own time in your own place whenever. So it doesn't matter when. That's true. Guys, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> Edward, I wanted to tell you a couple things about this Dylan character. He's a real piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm um, <laughs> there's just so much media out there. Like, you can't expect everybody to fucking listen to your thing. They, 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 they don't know they if it's any good. Um, well, that's and, why, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, that's why I feel, that's why my approach to podcasting is like, I bear, I put out, I pump out maybe one episode a month, if that. Right. Uh, right. You gotta get those numbers up. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Not yeah, one I'm, minute been, for. Not one, do- one minute for at all. Sorry. Guys. I've been doing the opposite. I've been, uh, just really, uh, putting them out sometimes two episodes a week. Just to fucking get them out there. Uh, no, I respect that. I respect it. If you're willing you, to go out there you, and grind. Do you have fun when you? Is the process fun to you, or is, is that why you keep it to just once a month? Uh, well, no, it's not a question of well, fun is absolutely true. I mean, if I wasn't enjoying it, I wouldn't be doing it. So that's yeah. case closed. I enjoy the interaction with people and everything like that, and I actually enjoy the production process and the the you know the creating the creative aspect of it. That's very rewarding to me. But what I would say is that what I want to do or why I'm doing it is because the people that I'm talking to or the subjects are interesting to me. That's yeah. that's what happens is that I'm actually just, uh, you know, I'm just intensely curious about people in general or subjects and things. And that's what sort of drives me. So when something or someone comes into my area of interest and it just it sort of naturally sort of turns into an episode and I get episode pitches all the time and we and we we're fleshing them out all the time. But it's the kind of thing where, um, at least at this stage of it, I just want it to feel natural and organic. And so if we don't have anything good to talk about, maybe it's better to just not talk. Yeah, you go. Just have an hour of silence and you can, <laughs> <laughs> you can put that out there. Well, I think you get my point, but yes, actually. You know, so in other words, like, in other words, the urge to create content can be much easier satisfied by just posting. You know, you don't need to, you know, but I mean, to generate it but i mean you know people do this for different things i think there's also 
I respect the people who just go out there and grind and basically get out there and do uh, an episode every week and they just get on with their dudes and, and talk. You know, I listen to a lot of our mutuals uh, podcast like uh, George Center and uh, uh, Casey Jones. Um, do you check those out? Uh, I'm not familiar with the first one, but I, I, do, I have listened to some of the uh, Casey Jones podcast and I enjoy it. Casey Jones, Matt, and his boys are really great. I enjoy them very much. I don't check in as often as I should, but I, you know, at least once a week, I try to catch a, uh, you know, most or all of other episodes. And then George Center, that's Christy uh, Yanaguchi Main. You know him. Oh uh, right? yeah, I like Christy. Yeah, so Christy great and his, poster. yeah, Christy and his mutuals have a, a podcast that's called George Center. It's on all the platforms, and they put out at least one episode a week. And it's it's Christy and his buddies, and you probably mutuals with at least a couple of more of them. Very funny. They they do a lot of stuff, uh, you know. And um, also, uh, Christy has like just a beautiful southern accent, so his voice is just kind of a pleasure to listen to. I like that southern twang. If you Dylan, go for that sort of thing, Dylan, would you mind uh, kind of taking on a southern accent for, at least for the remainder of this episode? Yeah, sure enough, buddy. Whatever you think is. Uh appropriate you know for the show well let's dial it back a little bit no that was good it felt gentle I like <laughs> my just wife try, is... i'm just trying to be you know appropriate you know like well dylan are you from the south or are you near the south no i'm not from the south no i'm from uh michigan oh okay i know michigan i've worked in michigan i worked in grand rapids oh yeah lovely place great people Dylan's um, from the South, the Deep South. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think everybody should just watch Cat on the Hot Tin Roof before they start making jokes about the South. <laughs> Man, I feel bad for that cat. I've never seen uh, that one at all. It's a great. It's a great. I mean, actually, it's another. It's a Paul Newman uh, uh, a classic. Paul well, Newman. You uh, kind of resonate with Paul Newman. Well, there's yeah, well, I'm getting well, some Paul big, big uh, Newman Island vibes. Yeah, big, yeah I was gonna say. Well, Paul Newman, <laughs> Paul Newman is like a, a local boy done good from Connecticut because he was very uh, active in the Westport uh, area. Uh, that's where he lived with his wife. And wow. um, a lot of parallels here. You know, no, I don't live in Westport. I live in the other part. But anyway, but you're a great guy. Newman's a cool dude. <laughs> I, I see how you made that. The thing that was cool, the thing that was cool about Newman, that I always tell the story about Paul Newman, is is that Paul Newman was famous for, among all of his friends who were actors and stuff like that, for never stepping out on his wife. Yeah, right. Good on he him. Was, he was very, very loyal to his wife, and obviously, when you're Paul Newman, you could, you could, you could have any woman that you wanted, right? You know, but he didn't. Or man, him. or man, anything, literally anything. Honestly, if you're Paul Newman, all you have to do is snap your fingers, and you get it. You could have any animal. Right. And it would be it wouldn't be weird because it would be consensual. Exactly. If you're like I'm Paul Newman and I like I would like to snort some cocaine off of the shaved ass of a cheetah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, you know, do it. You know, hey, the hey, producer would be like, right away, Mr. Newman. When would you like to have it? You wasn't know, that... it, wasn't, uh, wasn't Paul Newman's quote like something like? Why would you go out for burgers when you got steak at home? Right, exactly. That is exactly the quote that I was going to lean up to. Which oh, is okay. Paul was so he was so famously, uh, you know, loyal and faithful to his wife. And somebody finally asked him, like, Paul, you know, why? How come you never? And he's like, Well, why would you go out for hamburger when you've got steak at home? 
Yeah, but at the same time, like so steaks cute. are great, but sometimes you really want a burger, though. I, so cute. Not that I'm endorsing uh, <laughs> cheating on your spouse. But you know, I, I have a fondness for Pierce Brosnan because there's a meme going around. Yeah. About how much he loves his wife for oh, so man. long, even though her body's changed or whatever. Right. And, she, and he's like, I love her, dude. I Hell fucking yeah. love that girl. I love and that I just, about him. I, also, I, I just feel like that's such a that's such a great uh, again pro- appropriate person, a great a citizen, and a great. It's unusual. Uh, it's it's an unusual thing to see. It's a, you know, I, I get this all the time because Susan and I have been together for like thirteen years, and we're one of those really annoying couples where we like only have eyes for each other, and everybody, you know, it's like people are just like, "Will you two stop it? You're making us sick." Yeah, you know, all the time, but that's just how it is, you know. That's you awesome. Meet the right person, you know, and it's just like, and so yeah, I'm a, I am, I am extremely guilty on more than one occasion of being a wife guy in the general chat and on the timeline. <laughs> I have wife guyed my ass up all over the place. Hell yeah. <laughs> Tell me a little more like, what's about What's the this worst? Eye, what's the cringiest collection. example of wife guy? What's the cringiest example of wife guy behavior you could think of? Everything I do. <laughs> and he's not even married. I'm not even married, dude. I fall in love with everyone that I come in contact with, and I just try to make it go well. And yeah, I Dylan is a it. hopeless romantic in that sense, for sure. That's a great trait to have. It's I pretty, love my it's pretty feminine trait too, though. I think I think it's a strength of mine. I, I think it's a strength. I think many feminine traits are great traits to have. Yeah, me too. You know, sometimes I, I it's just it's it's stressful, or like not not stressful, but it sometimes it takes something out of you, or you get annoyed of yourself, or something. I don't know. Anyway, um, Edward, what do you think of uh, Joe Pesci? What are your thoughts on Joe Pesci? <laughs> I, yeah. Well, I first of all a fan, obviously. I mean, sure. I mean, come on, you know, if you're come where on. I'm where if you're where I'm from, Joe Pesci is basically somebody who already exists in your cultural personal vernacular. I basically went to school with jo- guys who were fucking Joe Pesci, okay, who like looked and sounded and acted exactly like Joe Pesci. Hey, what are you talking about? What? Good fellas. You know, right down to the hair, the chains, <laughs> the way they dress, the way they walk down the fucking street. Goombas. I was surrounded by them. Fucking... You no, know, I had a bop you on the fucking head. <laughs> right, right. You know, exactly. You know, I mean, and, uh, you know, you know, vicious, mean, you know, just fucking, you know, uh, you know, I just because my father had a theory. You're going to love this. You'll so you you just opened up fucking Pandora's box. Congratulations. All right, so Easter eggs, Easter egg found. (laughs) All right, so Yonkers is an infamously mobbed up town, okay, because it's a lot of Italians, a lot of, you know, and so there's a lot of just like mafia people around. It's constantly just an undercurrent of everything, and it's the 70s, so this is a time when the mob is in its heyday. So my father had this theory because my father was like a quasi conspiracy guy, like, you know, he kind of like believed in whatever like his version of the illuminati would have been back in the day and he basically believed that like the world is controlled by the mafia and because the mafia is basically based in new york and all the big wigs in the mafia live in yonkers that that meant by logical extension that the world was controlled from yonkers yeah wow i can see it and it's a slightly, <laughs> you know, sort of like, you know, heliocentric view of the universe. It's like, you know, sure. that, okay, you know, wherever I am, that's the center of the world. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 
but he wasn't entirely wrong. And, and the truth is, is that in the seventies, uh, and then to uh, as it, in the eighties, it is true that like the, you know everything in New York and this you know is mobbed up. You just can't nothing, no business, you know, no commerce, you know, carting restaurants, you know, supplies, construction. The mafia has its hand in every single piece of it somewhere in some way. The unions, yeah. everything, it's everywhere. You know, and they got their fingers in many pies, pizza pies. Yeah. <laughs> so I love Joe Pesci. I, you know, and I love uh, I love the movies. Uh, I love the uh, you know. I think he's an interesting. Also, uh, also the guy he like that he got out that he basically decided that he would like. He's an actor who actually retired, right. unlike everybody else. And the only thing that brought him back was Scorsese for the uh, what's the movie that just came out? The Irishman. The Irishman. The Irishman. That that was the only one that they that he brought him out of retirement for was that. Yep. And uh, I heard that Scorsese actually wanted him to portray the Irishman and like put a uh, leprechaun hat on him and have him do a little (laughs) jig. (laughs) Pesci flat out refused. So man of integrity. Uh... (laughs) Well, talk about a guy who basically just embraced his role, you know. Pesci just like, you know, realized, you know, you can see a lot of guys who would basically like try to establish their acting cred. Uh, as be being being able to play against type, whereas he went straight to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's so like, I'm Pesci. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know what? 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 What else am I gonna do? Look at me. Yeah. I, you love, know that, I love you... that his vibes were inherently off, and that the what, that the Irish man's daughter knew could just in, instinctively piece it together that it's like this guy's weird, you know? Right. Have you guys seen it? I don't know. I've no, I've never it. seen it. No, <laughs> no right. basically what you learn is is that by the end is is that the guy that you think is like the most like sacrosanct legit dude is a fucking backstabber. That's what you learn about it. Well, um, Edward, are you familiar with his music career at all? What? No, I didn't yeah, even know he had one. What are you kidding? Yeah, me? he's a singer, and uh, he started out when he was a little kid too. There's a album called. <laughs> That little Joey sure can sing. Whoa. <laughs> it's like this weird kind of like oh my god wop shit. You know, I could say that because I'm Italiano. But uh yeah, <laughs> where's your family like... from in, in Italy? <laughs> what, what part of Italy yeah. is your family from? Oh uh, 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 I don't know. My mom was adopted. It just said on her birth certificate, um uh 70% Dago. <laughs> uh <laughs> All right, question, question withdrawn. Uh, my family, my family's from uh, Palermo, Sicily. Really? So you're Italiano too? Yeah, I got a little weak. Do you believe in hospitaliano? Yeah. Hey, mambo. <laughs> what's your What's your definition of hospitaliano? Um, basically, when you're here in my vicinity, your family. Uh. Even if I hate your fucking guts, I want to snap your head into your family, and I will refrain from attacking you in a, a heinous and malicious manner. But you hold it back. All right, Dylan. <laughs> Dylan, what's your version of hospitaliano? How do you hospitaliano? Yeah. Ah, hospitaliano, asandiamo. Okay. Okay. Well, so let's go. <laughs> the, you know hospitaliano the... is manja, baby. Right. Okay, that's so, all right. Andiamo anyway. means let's go. Manj- yeah. 
That's what it means uh, to me. It means uh, okay. it means every Sunday you're making pasta, you're making, and everyone's coming <laughs> together. That's and right. It's out and you come and you eat pasta and talk you, all night. You, you thrust your hands into the bowl of pasta, get yourself a big, nice portion. You, you, you shove your you uh, hairy just, knuckles. Right. Just you, your hands become the tongues, and you just literally just pick it up right. and shove it right into your face. Yeah, and okay. and you don't even mind the second degree burns because the wine is flowing that night, baby. You're gonna get at least three meatballs. Right? <laughs> That's right. At least I, three. Because yep, if you and, don't get three, it's not worth it. Why did you go in with both hands if you weren't going to get as many meatballs as possible? That's right. Yep. Yeah. We we would often bob for meatballs growing up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just a big, hot boiling pot of sauce. Yeah. That is the uh, the Italian. That's the, uh, the the adult Italian parlor game that nobody wants to play. Bobbing for meatballs. That's right. Just gigantic, yeah. you know, twenty two quart stock pot bubbling full of you know marinara like. You know. <laughs> Nice so red sauce. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. Just mm. ready to scald your skin at about 120 degrees. You know, you, know, you need like a step ladder to get into it. It's so right, yep. exactly. And it's yeah. it's it's still uh uh COVID friendly because the sauce is so hot that it immediately kills any bacteria. Kills yeah, that's exactly. what Fauci <laughs> said that the Dago himself he said that's the right. sauce is hotter than 163, COVID will die. <laughs> Hey, Fauci, if I can dip my face into the fucking sauce to get on a meatball, what am I going to do, huh? It's like, ah, why, forget uh, about it. Why? And that's the other thing. Why is nobody ever, like, kind of played up the fact that Fauci is Italian? You know, I, I, think, I think that that needs to do. start. Yeah. Uh, well, Dylan, you, you just uh, made the connection in my mind of him being Italian, and now I feel like I'm going to harp on that big time moving forward. <laughs> I want to tell everyone here. Does sound well. The thing is, is that when I see him, he just sounds very much like an old Genta. Unfortunately, when I hear Fauci on TV, when he's talking, he's always like, "What you have to understand is that," and it just sounds like you know, you know, one of my friends, you know, grandmas, you know, when I was growing up in New York, you know, it was just like, it's very particular. You have to pay attention, and I'm like, get to the point. <laughs> so but but you know anyway that, but it's like if you're from where i'm from you're kind of used to hearing that and you just like you know and he seems but and he's like and that dude's like what he's in his 70s right he's like 75 he's an old fella yeah you know um but yeah fauci i don't know uh i i mean i don't know i'm grew up surrounded by italians so it's like i feel like i'm almost italian by association that's cool yeah for sure, yeah. and I I've feel been to Italy. I've been to Rome, and I've been to Florence. I've been to cool. uh, Milan. I, yeah, I've been to Bologna. You're Italian. You know what? Yeah. You know what, Edward? Yeah. You're here, and your yeah. family. Yeah. <laughs> my yeah, I, I would I, like to extend my hospitaliano to you, my friend. Thank you, thank you. I I, I appreciate that. No, I, I really I, do. I do feel like if you grew up in such a, a culture like that. You, it does, and it makes who you are. Like if I grew up in Dearborn, I'd feel a little bit closer to Arabic culture, even if I wasn't. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, or if you grew up true. in, or if you grew up in Frankenmuth. You, yeah, you'd you feel a little a more German and white. Yeah, and you'd fat. feel German. No, I mean, yeah. I would. The weird thing for me is, is that basically from the time I started school, you know, as elementary school until roughly about the sixth grade, that would have been like I was in an all 
basically mixed white environment. So like Irish, Polish, Italian, uh, you know, uh, German, like all working class uh, white people. And then when the integration thing hit, you know, which would have been, you know, like uh, around 80, 80, uh, 78, 80. Uh, all of a sudden now I was like in a, in a class where it was like 75% black and Latino. So that's like, you know, that's, that's quite a switch. <laughs> right. Flip to one to the other. And then right. the weird thing is, is that, you know, you get off the bus at the end of the day and you're back in your all white neighborhood. Yeah. You know, huh. so it's just very, very weird. You know, and yeah, I know all, made for an and I didn't know though. anything about it at the time. That's the other thing is that yeah. I had no knowledge. All I knew was is that I woke up one day and I had to take a 45 minute bus ride to get to school. And then my father was pissed off all the time. <laughs> right yeah that's wild you know very (laughs) strange but uh you know um what what was i gonna say i don't know i forgot anyway and uh so what else you got uh yeah well (laughs) who me like i planned any of this uh i i got a uh little game for us to play got a little game for us to play if you're keen Ooh, Halloween night. Yeah, it's Halloween. That's right. And yeah, we, like we already my, uh... did two Halloween episodes. So I, I was thinking, eh, maybe we could... Uh, I said, fuck it. We're not doing any more Halloween. We can still mention that it's Halloween. You can absolutely mention it. Did you guys have a good Halloween? Yeah. Uh, I, ha- I spent my Halloween bumming around my hotel uh you know uh so no did you did you go around knocking on other people's rooms with a bag with your like uh laundry bag (laughs) trick or treat (laughs) you know that honestly (laughs) never occurred to me (laughs) well the night is still young um Still yonkers. Still yonkers. <laughs> that's that's very fucked up, but also hysterical. And I can't. I, I can't I, I'm like sitting here, like honestly contemplating, and you know, like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get a fucking pillowcase. Yeah, yeah. You might get like uh, a couple Andy's mints, maybe some. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. I need two pillowcases. One for my head, and then one to put the candy in. <laughs> yeah, you should do up your uh, pillowcase like the Zodiac Killer kind of. <laughs> no, I want to do is like the like you know like half-assed like I couldn't even be bothered like the crooked holes in the in the thing. That's what I want to do. There you go. <laughs> you know. Um, and they're like, oh, "What are you uh, dressed as?" And I'm like, uh, "I'm depression." <laughs> <laughs> yes, if if you could spare any of your meds, I would greatly appreciate it. Do you have any uh, uh, Xanax? <laughs> Anything of the sort? Exactly. A generic Xanax. A little Butrin, maybe. Uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm eating disorder. Here's <laughs> <laughs> in a skeleton uniform yeah. or whatever. Mm. Skeleton leotard. Yeah. yeah, you got that buce bar. You got that buce bar? You know. Yeah, buce bar. <laughs> exactly. Now, Ed- Edward, do you got the uh, free continental breakfast coming to you in the morning? Or? Oh, gee, are you really? You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna open, you're gonna start that shit with me? Okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I didn't know this was such a hot button issue with you. Because I've been here for a month, and the coffee situation in this hotel is absolutely pathetic. No. It used to be oh, that in these long term residential hotels that I had like a fairly re- reliable food service thing going on because you know it was part of their business model. Whatever. Corona has destroyed all of that now so if there is anything 
it's all prepackaged, whatever they can, you know, so for, for sanitation purposes. So that's all gone, which is fine. I didn't really care about the food. I mean, it was convenient and interesting once in a while, but it wasn't a big deal. But at the very least, you could provide me with a decent cup of coffee and they're not doing even that anymore. It's just gotten to be completely sad. Because oh the God. labor shortages have destroyed the ability of these hotels to be able to do what they used to do, which is, you know, uh, provide. They just they, they can't. It doesn't work. They can't. I mean, I, they're not even the staff. I was telling my wife earlier on the phone, the custodial staff don't even wear uniforms anymore. You can't Aww. even tell. I mean, not that I give a shit about that, but it's like at least you, you know, you see some random like woman like walking down the hall in a hoodie and you're like, realize, oh, that's a maid. You know, you know. Like we're slowly turning into like '80s Russia. Exactly. <laughs> it's like you know, capitalism is regressing into shitty communism. So, yeah, <laughs> I agree. So yeah, no, and so my solution finally, I just had to give up because I'm like, this is like, I'm gonna easily break a hundred room nights for the year because uh, I've been on the road so much this year. Uh, since January, this is like my fifth or sixth job on the road. Wow. Uh, I finally broke down and bought myself a single shot espresso machine that I have in my hotel room. Cool. Oh, I saw you post about that. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and that's that a very pleasant uh, word to it. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, that shit is a game changer, fellas. I got to tell you. you. As, a, mm-hmm. as a coffee espresso guy, you know, I like a good espresso. That is like, so, and it wasn't that expensive. You know, I'm certainly spending more than that just going to whatever coffee shops I was going to during the week. So it's like, yeah, you know, but yeah, no, uh, the buffet and, you know, even when the breakfast buffet was there, it was not that great to begin with. Oh, they're always terrible. Um, yeah. And uh, I know a bit about the espresso. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I, I, I made this argument the espresso is the classic working man's drink okay sure because yeah. to properly enjoy an espresso you have to stop working to take the moment to prepare it and you have to consume it while it's hot and it's not going to be hot for very long right? that's right and so it's the perfect excuse to stop whatever you're doing pause take a moment enjoy something just and not do anything else but just do that that I think is the do you find that you're abusing it? No, not that's at so all. close to you. <laughs> no, because like you know, honestly, anything more than three shots a day would turn me into a raving lunatic. I can feel uh, how like how much I'm getting caffeinated, so I use it very, very carefully. You know, I, I work part time at a coffee shop, and I I'm like really over caffeinated. I feel like. How many shots do you have in a day? Five, six. That's oh not, boy, that's that's a lot. But I'm not going to judge. I'm not okay. judging. I'm not judging. That is a lot, but I'm not going to judge. Five, six, and like a coffee. Okay, that's like more like eight, realistically. But okay. So, <laughs> I uh, energy drinks. It's definitely but, fucked with me. Like I've had strong, to like. Yeah, but I mean, you develop a tolerance like anything else. It's yeah. fine. You know. I mean, I think yeah, it's you'll just be more right. like. But and also, uh, people forget too that like if you're doing espresso. Uh, espresso is not as intensely acidic as regular brewed drip coffee. Mm. Really? No, it's not. Yeah, you're not getting as nearly because you're not extracting uh, as intensely from that as, you know, like espresso. You're just pressuring it through and then you're done. You throw it away. Drip coffee oh. is sitting there and it's immersing and you're extracting those oils, you know, uh, 
for a longer as you steep and brew in, in there. You know, whereas mm. espresso, you just push the water through and then you're done. You know? That's um, interesting. You know, wow. uh, that's uh, that's what makes the, that's the difference between espresso and well, among several differences. But like, so when you work in this coffee shop, do you use a super auto? Is it manual? What do you got? Um, it's a manual, uh-huh. and I don't know what I have. I haven't like looked at it. Oh, the, but you have to go through the whole. So you have to grind, tamp, dose. You know, yeah. Build a porta filter. Do the whole thing, right? Oh yeah. Right, right. And it's got a separate boiler for the steamer and everything like that. Yeah. Right. So, right. Yeah. So, no, you do the real thing. No, send so you do like, do you, do you know what, to, do you know how to make like a ristretto? I think I can make a ristretto. Yeah. A ristretto is just a very, uh, for, for those listening, a ristretto is just a very intense short shot. Right. So it's a very little amount of liquid and a very thick layer of crema on the top. Okay. It's a ristretto. How do you, how do you uh, make that with the machine? So what you would do if you're going to do a ristretto is, is that you would make your grind a little finer and you would tamp it a little bit harder. So you're going to make okay. the puck, you're going to make the puck a little bit harder for the water to go through. Right. Cool. And then you put the porter filter up and then you run like a normal shot. You would probably run if you time it internally or if it's the machines, you know, it's like between 20 and 30 seconds yeah. for, for a single shot. So for ristretto, you would probably stop at about 15, 18 seconds. Okay. You know, so you just and stop it. You just stop. And what you're going to get as a result of that finer grind and that tighter tamping is you're going to get a, a very thick red crema on the top. Very cool. thick. Almost as thick as like a latte thick. Wow. You know, and you just well, dose that thing and you slam it right immediately. <laughs> and it's yeah. awesome. You know, that sounds great. You know, thank you for joining us for Coffee Talk. Coffee Talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I regretto to uh, deviate from ristretto, okay. but that's what we call in the biz a segue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're going to play a little game, a little improv game, really easy, and it can be fun sometimes. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I am going to ask... You uh, one at a time. I'm going to ask one of you a question, and the goal of the game is to answer, give three answers in very, very fast uh, succession. Uh, kind of like uh, word association, stream of consciousness kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the answers can be entertaining because your brain is just trying to you know, come up with something and it doesn't always make you just, sense. You just want to go straight off the dome is the idea. Exactly. Straight off the dome. The faster, the better. If you take too much time, I'm going to bonk you in the head with a lead pipe and I, I will find you. All right. <laughs> Yonkers. <Woo! laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, I'll start with Dylan. Um, all right. Let me think of a good one here. Okay. Okay, are you are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah, okay. All right. Name three things that you'd be surprised to find in an egg. Anchovies, delectable worms, Tony Soprano. Okay. Interesting answers and a little slower than I'd like, but that's okay. Well, okay. I thought it was fast enough, but all right. Well, really? Yeah. Well, well, we'll say we'll we'll, we'll just Okay, go. okay. Well, okay. Excuse me. Um, okay. All right, all right. Here we go. Here we go. Um, 
uh, three things you'd like to see on a cake. Uh, frosting, candles, sugar. Perfect. Yeah, I love a good uh, sugar-coated cake. Those are the best. Those are the best kind. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I'm cheating because like sugar is just an element of frosting, and it's like I could have gone anything like under. That's true. Well, I, I'm imagining like a sugar-dusted cake, which you don't typically see a lot of. So, uh, or or actually, I could have substituted for the third one and just gone with something absurd like regret. Give me another one. I can do better. Coach. I can do better. Okay, 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 okay. All right. Well, I'm not saying my questions are that great. Any, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, okay. Three things you'd like to hear your Italian grandmother say you. They say to you. Whose turn is it? I love you. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that would be uh, uh, Ti amo. Uh, let's see. The grazie and uh, buonanotte. Buonanotte. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I think you're more Italian than me, just not uh, genetically necessarily, but. <laughs> My okay. Italian is pretty passable. Yeah. All right. All right, Edward. Here we go. Okay. Three okay. things you'd hate to find underneath your mattress. Uh, let's see. Uh, what's his name? Pennywise. Um, let's see. Joe Pesci. Uh, and uh, I'm also gonna Peter Stamari. There we go. <laughs> Slipping into the old all people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm here to fix so the cable, y'all. Yeah. Just people yeah. and monsters in general. Okay. You know the Peter Stamari is. You know you know Peter Stamari is from uh, from Big Lebowski, right? Oh sure, he's in he's in uh, everything. He's one everything. of those actors that nobody knows his real or his actual name, and but he's he's oh, just got name. that face, right? You do. Remember the Volkswagen I, ads that he did on the Peter? I, no, Tomorrow? I never saw those. <laughs> They're uh, great. I was stoked to see him in uh, Tim and Eric's awesome show, though. He was the uh, advertising for the Cinco Boy. And it was very unsettling and Oh, enjoyable. I love that guy. <laughs> Your single boy. <laughs> Your single boy. All right. Yes. So, yeah. So, Joe Pesci and Peter Stamari under my bed here at the Residence Inn. And, uh, and Simultaneously, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knows what they're doing down there? I, I, but, I mean, I, I cannot imagine that they could be quiet at all for even two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no. They would just. <laughs> I told yeah, you to look out. Like verbal yeah. diarrhea. <laughs> If I was you, I'd climb under there with that espresso machine, and I'd have a little knitting circle <laughs> with those boys. That sounds nice. There's a Joe Pesci sample that's on like a camera. It's on a rap record. I, I don't know if it's Ice Cube or somewhere else, and it's where he's from one of the Lethal Weapons movie, and he's it's from when the uh, when they get into an accident. He just I told you to look out. <laughs> <laughs> Edward, after we're done recording, I encourage you to check out Joe Pesci's rap song, too. It's called, uh, <laughs> I'm deadly serious, too. It's called Wise Guy. It, it is fucking bonkers, dude. Like, uh, yeah, the tag is, uh, it's the bitches that'll get you. <laughs> it's fucking bonkers. It's bonkers wow. like yonkers. All right. You, uh, you could sit through a dinner with Jerry Orbach and Joe Pesci. Do you think you could get through it without like losing your mind? I uh, it would be close, but I think I could. I think I could do it, okay. especially if they were buying. Um, <laughs> all right, Dylan, do you want to try a couple questions? Um, yeah. All right, all right, hit me, hit me. Uh, 
What are three things that hits your eye? Uh, the pizza pie, uh, sand, and uh, latkes. All right. Whoa. Okay. Not bad. Ooh, we're getting a little multicultural here on this episode. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's not just All the weeds. Right. <laughs> All right. Why don't you do one for Edward here? Okay. All right. What are... Okay. Hold on. Uh... Oh. What are three things the universe is comprised of? Uh, wow, three things. Uh, light, matter, uh, and energy. All right. You passed. Yeah. All, all perfectly reasonable answers. Perfect. Yeah. I, I, um, I mean, I could have gone another way with that one. but like, Yeah, I, that's okay. I mean, you don't I like have that to, you went real. to pander. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I could have right. something like, uh, you know, farts, potato chips, and uh, Don Knotts. Oh, yeah. Also yeah, perfectly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dylan, didn't you didn't you tell me that uh, Don Knotts was like a, a closeted homosexual? He's a raging. Really? I I I looked it I, up one day because I, was I like, don't, I don't find that. that surprising in the least. <laughs> I, I didn't find much about it online. So did you like know someone who knew him or? No, there's just uh, there's just a lot of. I mean, I've I've heard I've heard a lot of it being that he's gay. Okay, that's fair. I, I, I accept that as fact. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just thought of an absolutely terrible, terrible, politically incorrect way to describe Don Knotts if, he's, was, if he is indeed homosexual. Hit us. <laughs> Don't I worry, can, nobody's listening to this. It's I not like get, you're going to get canceled. I, I, I could get canceled. I could get canceled for this. All right. All right. All right. Autistic Liberace. <laughs> oh my god yeah that's was he not that's startlingly accurate <laughs> startlingly accurate yeah for sure <laughs> that's pretty good yeah we'll, we'll save that one for the pod that uh maybe not tweeted but uh yeah that is good uh, <laughs> all right all right <laughs> All right, Edward, do you want to try to uh, hit Dylan and I with a question? Oh, uh, okay, a question. Oh, sure. Um, hmm, let's see. Um, hmm, question, question. Three this is for me? It's, it's the game. Yeah, he's going to hit me first and then you. What, okay. three, so this is, a th- it's got to be three things? It's got to be Right, right, things. it's got to be three things, yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, uh, name three movies that changed your life. Okay, Jaws, uh, Jaws two, and Jaws uh, Enter Thunderdome. Okay. Is the Thunderdome <clears throat> the place where the people stayed during Katrina? <laughs> that's right that's mad max six uh hurricane <laughs> katrina it seems like it's kind of an all right plot for a shark movie you know like, exactly yeah that would have been good uh sharknado yeah the uh, stadium just fills with sharks and uh, always people on the bleachers like i, I have a great do? right i have a i have a great question for dylan this is good right. i have a banger i think all right, all right. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Now you got to name three three celebrities or actors, male or female, it doesn't matter, who 
it's very clear. It seems like absolutely un, undoubtedly that like the, the way they act in public, that they are gay, but it actually turns out that they're straight. So name three actors, actresses, whatever, who it seems like they're gay, but in reality, they're straight. All right. Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> <laughs> got it in one. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. All right. Go on, go on. Uh, <laughs> okay, Ellen DeGeneres. All right. Okay. Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> now you're just naming daytime talk show hosts. All right, three. Go, go, go. And Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> okay, all right, yep. All right, all daytime talk show hosts, essentially. It doesn't matter. Right? <laughs> you could have just stopped at Ellen Generous. That was yeah. yeah, there's something, there's a little glint in her I eyes. It just makes me gay. think she, that she wants D. But she, wait, so you like think she, that they're secretly straight? She or like She's literally the straightest gay person that ever gayed. You know? Right, like uh, like a Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like trying yeah. to watch him kiss his husband is uh, painful because it's like he does not, he's not into it. It's almost like he's just <laughs> acting and he's actually. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, performative, you know, kind of. Coming from the world that I come from, where, like when Pete Buttigieg like, went out there and like was telling everybody, I'm an Episcopalian, I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> That's insane. That's it. We're done. You know, just, uh, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I just, you know, say, you know. Exactly. I always confuse that with pescatarian. Yeah. <laughs> I have to tell you, there's not a huge amount of difference anymore. <laughs> right, right. Well, no, I feel like I'm a Presbyterian. Presbyterian, <laughs> pescatarian, Episcopalian, uh, Maximilian. <laughs> <laughs> Two of them are oh, Protestants. One's a fish and one's a, a, a villain from... Uh, uh, what's that uh, evil, the terrible science fiction movie, The Black Hole? Oh, there you go. Yes. Yeah. Um, Who's the Black Hole? The Black Hole was a science fiction movie that like came out like right around the Star Wars, like in the late seventies, and it was. It's a weird movie that was not very well done and had some like you know tentpole actors and producers, and it just it's just bad science fiction. It was a flop. Yeah, I I uh, attempted to watch it, and I love bad movies. Yeah, but it was it was like bad in all the worst ways. Like it wasn't even entertaining. It was like genuinely bad. Yeah, it was. And, tough. The, and you have, and there's some really genuinely really good actors: Anthony Perkins, Ernest Borgnine. Right. Love you know, Perkins. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, just uh, you know, but it was just a uh, you know, and uh, just not, just a uh, you know, just not a good. It was a, just a a dog of a movie. You know. Yeah, but, it was mm. dang flop. A lot of really like sort of very uninteresting matte shots are being used and practical effects and just, you know, that right. Like, you got to have a robot and you got to have a woman who's a psychic and, you know, you got to. You know, <laughs> you know, right, yeah, right. just very formulaic and yeah, it just exactly. everything falls flat. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we are uh, reaching an end to this episode. <laughs> I would like to end thank... on Black Hole. Yeah, Black, Black Hole. Well, maybe it's a to be continued. <laughs> I think that's a good place to end. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, everything begins and ends with black hole. Yeah. You know, a, a pointless right. pit of despair, of despair from which nothing, <laughs> not even light can escape. That's right. And we like to end on a down note right. on this show. So people kind of look to the next episode for solace. 
But then we end on another down note, and it just it's like uh, getting people hooked on heroin, kind of. Oh, like, okay, I like it. It's like, uh oh, <laughs> gonna need my next hit, my next right, hit. right, the Pesci. That's right, the Pesci Island boys. Uh, well, thank you very much, Edward. Uh, and before we welcome. sign out, is there anything yeah. you'd like to plug? Uh, no, just, you know, I mean, you know, check out my podcast if you get a chance. Nice pill that's on all the major, you know, podcasting, uh, you know, platforms, uh, you know, Apple, Spotify, uh, Google, etc. They're all out there. Uh, nice pill is about sort of having long, deep conversations where we, you know, sort of, you know, get into, uh, you know, some deep stuff. And if that's your vibe, then, uh, you know, check it out. And if not, uh, you know, don't worry about it. It's cool. There you have it. Well said. And uh, just uh, I might end up uh, being on one of these episodes in the near future. Oh, no, no, no. So keep your I ears out for that, too. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, if you're in my mutual circles, there's a good chance that you're going to be on the podcast <clears throat> at some point. That's just how it works. Cool. That's that's right. Uh, and Dylan, I never ask you this, but do you have anything you want to plug? Huh? Oh, you can follow me on Instagram at Dylan Backwith. I don't know. There you go. I got music. He's um, a great musician. Trying to be funny. There you have it. Yeah, who knows? Uh, just kind of out here. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm, I'm waiting you. to be a guest on any podcast. I'll uh, anyone who wants to go. talk to me, I'll do well, it. Well, you know, you always got a spot on this one. Um. All right. Well. Thank you both for joining me tonight. We we had some fun, had some laughs, had some deep conversations. Uh, Edward yeah, added a touch of uh, intelligence and uh, reverence to the episode, <laughs> dare I say, uh, which is unique. Uh, so <laughs> thank you for listening, everybody, and we will catch you on the next episode of Big Feshy Island Vibes. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.